Welcome to the Potter Discussion. To the Potter discussion discussing Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts, and the Wizarding World fandom. I am your host, Oscar, and this is episode 130. Woohoo! Today, we are going to be finishing up the review of Harry Potter and the Curse of Child on Broadway with Act 2 of the show. If you heard episode 128, the first review of The Curse of Child, uh, then you were all caught up with this whole thing. But if you haven't, make sure you go check that out. There'll be a link in the show notes. There is a link. Just go ahead and click that uh, to listen to it or just scroll on down a couple, uh, couple swipes and you'll find it. That is going over Act 1 of this show. And there are some very, very important parts this that are included in that episode if uh, you want to have a good grasp of... Of what is going on in this episode, so make sure you go check that out, episode 128, uh, the Chris Child Review number one, if you want to really understand what's going on in this episode, but I, as I assume most of you have, you have heard that episode and you're all cut up and we are going to be just discussing the last act of this show, and there's some elements that you've heard before, some that you haven't, some really great stuff that I will be definitely um, looking forward to talking about. Um, before we get into it, however, I will remind you that the two links in the show notes below are still available. The SpeakPipe page link and the Google Form link for anything you want to hear or say on the show. You can also go follow any social media. My social media is at the Potter Discussion on Instagram and TikTok for daily videos, memes, and all of that fun stuff. Also, feel free to join the mailing list, The Quill and Ink. You have twice monthly emails discussing even further into some of your favorite Harry Potter topics. We have done predictions for Fantastic Beasts, the, the Secrets of Dumbledore. We've done character discussions. We've done so much. So there's so much more in The Quill and Ink. And in addition to those monthly emails, you will also receive the ultimate guide to a perfect Harry Potter marathon, giving you two weeks of from each film just to make your watching experience just that much better. That link is in the show notes below, the Quill and Ink. And in addition, it's coming out this week, this Wednesday. If you are not listening to this episode before the Wednesday that it comes out, then you have missed the Quill and Ink, and I'm sorry. But do not fear, because there's an addition right around the corner. So make sure you sign up to the Quill and Ink right now. Uh, all right, let's get into today's episode. So, intermission is over. The curtain rises onto the stage, and we are back into the show. And the first thing that happens is the V-Day dance. Voldemort Day, this is when... So, Scorpius is now in the timeline where everything is evil. Uh, the whole premise of the show, like I said in Latin, the last child episode is... Draco Malfoy's child, Scorpius Malfoy, and his new friend Albus Potter, of course we know who Albus Potter is, they meet and they want to save Cedric Diggory, so they team up with Delphi, who, spoiler alert, is evil, they go back in time, and a bunch of bad stuff happens. This is just one of the very bad things that happens. Scorpius is in this new world where uh, Harry Potter is dead, which means Albus is dead, he is alone, he is called the Scorpion King because of how evil he is, and it is an overall very unpleasant time to be alive. And this whole thing is really uh, made even better for the Death Eaters by Voldemort Day, the day Voldemort killed Harry Potter, and that is really the... 
you know, the, the, the worst time that Scorpius landed. He, he came into the, the, the time lab the very, very worst time. But it opens up on V-Day, and there is a, a dance that goes along with it, which was very well choreographed. They had these... Actually, I think that is on YouTube. Um, I, I put that link in uh, 128's show notes. I can do it again for, for this episode, so you can check that out. But it was so cool. They had, like, fog and lights and really good flags. And, you know, the costumes were so good. They were, like, black and leather and big, like, billowing black cloaks. And their, their like, spines were, like, braided and green. And it was so, so cool. At the very end, they all, like, went behind the, like, the, the lights and came out. And they were, like, separating and spreading and going everywhere. And it's not included in the, in the YouTube video. But at the very end, they, they kind of, like, split up part and then Umbridge came through because Umbridge is still here and she was doing a little little dance to the music as she was like kind of trotting out um so it was funny it was great it was very very well done the lights the music everything was uh kind of accumulating into this really really great number so I really enjoyed the V-Day dance I think it added a a very very lively spark to the opening of this and I think it really opened the door and allowed for a very evil experience because obviously we as the audience are like don't know the story very well unless you've read the screenplay which I happen to have um but I know that many people who see the show are not you know the the crazy Harry Potter fans like you and I are um but it was a very good opener to this this new world that Scorpius has to traverse because it not only illustrates how like really evil and uh, like maniacal these people are but really what kind of climate he's in and especially when Scorpius and Umbridge are talking uh, in, in Umbridge's office she's the headmistress of Hogwarts which is everyone in Slytherin it is uh, you know a very very bad time to be alive but um, this is kind of the point where you know it's Voldemort one Harry's dead Albus is nowhere to be found um, not even born you know, Scorpius is, you know, a, a king. They call him the Scorpion King because Draco did not go over to the, the good side, obviously, because Voldemort's still alive and all all that stuff. I think it was really, really shown to be a very, very dark, dark place, dark period, um, which I thought was uh, done very well and kicked off very well by the Voldemort Day dance. And another thing I found very, very good, I mean, I, I, I could think of a better word for that, uh, something that I found very good about this, was how it seemed like Scorpius was two different people. Because in the in the regular storyline, you know, uh, when uh, Harry defeats Voldemort and that whole thing happens, Scorpius is this kind of like nervous, you know, he, does, he doesn't have many, many friends, he's kind of in the corner... Um, but in this new timeline, in the V-Day timeline, it is this, you know, he, he is apparently this, you know, king. He rules over everyone. He has his subjects, and he is really this, like, he, he comes down on you hard if you make a mistake, and really the, the main enforcer of, of law at the school. There's no head boy, head girl. There's just Scorpius. He's really this, this force to be reckoned with, and I think that contrasts very well with how Scorpius in the regular timeline was because we could see how nervous he was and he wasn't really and he didn't know what was happening and with Umbridge he was like so nervous and he didn't know that like he was alive and it was like 
it was very, very well done, I thought. And I, I really enjoyed how the two different characters seemed like two different characters. We didn't see the, the Scorpius in the, you know, the, the, the Via Day timeline. I enjoyed how that, that gap was kind of made between the, uh, the two kind of personas of Scorpius. And I thought that really added a nice layer to the story, especially when Scorpius had to kind of pass for this other person and find... Uh, Ron and Hermione and Snape, because Snape is still alive in this. Um, uh, so it was a a really the the Vita dance is a very very good way to begin this kind of this this storyline of evil and darkness and uh, the absence of Scorpius's best friend Albus Potter. Now I want to touch a little bit more on the Dementors. I'm not going to spend as long a time as I did on the Dementors as last episode, because I know that was a lot. Um, it was great, but I think there's just one thing in this particular timeline that I really, really want to talk about to do with the Dementors. So just to, to, just to, to jog your memory, the Dementors were amazing. That was, at least in my opinion, one of the best effects in the show. They, they were different kinds. So I think there were some with actors in them. They were kind of dressed in all black, and they had these long gloves, and they had huge, like, like silk things and mesh, and it was blue and black and white, and the lights would, like, come down, and they would be floating, and they were really, really scary. It was really, really awesome. And I'd say the, the highlight of, the, of the, the, the Dementors in the first act was when it ended, when it all ended, and the... Uh, the uh, a Dementor came down from the ceiling and was flying over the crowd. I went over this in uh, 128, again, the link is in the show notes, and I could have stood up and touched the Dementor. It was so, so cool, and the ending was really good. It reached a crescendo, and all the lights shut off. The sound went boom, and that was the act. So that's really what the Dementors are, and they did a very, very, very cool thing. I mean, like that. That's, that's really the uh, most descriptive thing I can think of right now, but they they did a very interesting thing with Snape. Now, what they... So, so a kind of backstory here is Umbridge is now going after Scorpius, Ron, Hermione, and Snape because she suspects them, and she brings the Dementors, and they're just kind of walking by, and they they're walking across the grounds, and then Dementors kind of, you know, like come up on them, and they're kind of friendly in this. Well, they're not friendly, but they are with the dark side. So Snape assumes that they'll just walk right by him, but then the Umbridge says, aha, Severus, get him. And Snape is like, what the, like, what, what the, what the heck? Like, why? And Umbridge is saying, you know, I suspected you for, for all this time. And now Hermione and Ron are like, all right, we got to get out of here. And Snape is like, leave me go. Like, I can, I can hold them off. So he tries Expecto Patronum, but it doesn't work. And then he's like, you know, like the, he, he cast the spell and like the, the, the deer comes out, the, the, the doe. Uh, a very, very cool thing, but the doe can't last forever. And then he's taken by the Dementors. But that's the coolest part. Here is the kicker. So what happened was, you know, he fell to the ground at a dramatic display of acting. He, his soul was getting taken from his body. And then the, the Dementors swooped down on him. They were two. 
And what they did was they they like they kind of like swirled around and like kind of were like like down on him, and it was a really 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 realistic thing. And you couldn't even see how they were held up. I mean, it was wires probably by the actors, but you couldn't see them. It was very very well done. It was a it was a, a very creative uh, scene. And what happened was they went down on like onto Snape. Two of them they were swirling swirling swirling, and then they dispersed the two dementors went up and snape was gone that in my opinion was the best uh, thing uh, so far in this show i mean in, in act two this was definitely the most exciting um and to this day this was a good good chunk of time ago that i saw this but to this day i still am not 100 percent sure how they did it the two theories I have are, number one, he was kind of clipped into one of them. Because, one of the Dementors, I mean, because they were, they had like billowing cloaks and it would have been easy just to like have a harness on under Snape's robe and then, you know, like 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 one of the actors of the, the, the Dementors could have just kind of like, like opened a pouch on their like, like a, a strap and kind of clicked them in and then... It's like kind of swirled up uh, in the darkness, and that that could have passed because obviously this is a Broadway show. This is Lyric Theater, so they had a very very large fly space. They could have done anything. So that that's one of the possibilities I have. But also something I was I was kind of thinking of is that I means Snape was was fully covered, so he could have kind of slid out from under and kind of like went into the darkness and then ran off stage, and then the the dimension went up. That's one that I don't think is as likely because it would have been much harder to escape without people <laughs> noticing. Just kind of crawl away and hopefully the shadows will, will protect him you know so but i think he was clipped in and you know kind of flown up but still that was very cool and it was such a big shock i think that's really what makes these these things so good is when you know there's there's that shock factor that's that's the same thing with that with that bed uh, magic trick with with the sheet you know how how the, it was an empty bed and then the like a, a death eater or like a and the embodiment of evil that took a sheet rolled out over the bed and then harry and Ginny got out of it it was that kind of thing that's like whoa like you don't even expect it you don't know how to, how to react it's that kind of thing that is just so 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 amazing and really what makes the magic real um so that that was really why i thought this was such a good scene and why it really flowed really well because of course you know going from snape to no snape is kind of a harsh transition and we saw that in the potter in the in the, the, the books and movies i mean snape dying was a is a, is a big deal so he couldn't just fall dramatically to the ground um which i think was a very very good way to kind of get get rid of snape but also kind of do it in a Fashion that allowed for the story to continue on in a very uh, continuable way. A big part of this storyline where everything is evil, there are jet theaters everywhere, Dementors are just as common as trees, and Voldemort is ruling the world, is the Resistance. Similar to the DA, Dumbledore's army, in the Order of the Phoenix, Ron, Hermione, and Snape are leading the Rebel Alliance against Voldemort. They're working behind the scenes to take them down. Hermione and Ron left school. Um, they, they're down there. They're on the run. Hermione is a wanted woman. Ron is a wanted man, although less so, which is a fact that haunts him to this day. And Snape is still working as a double agent for the good side, for the bad side, although as we do know, Umbridge does suspect him just a smidge because uh, it is common knowledge in this timeline that Snape... 
was pretty chummy with Dumbledore, and Umbridge has been very aware of this. She said she's suspected him for years, but only chooses to act uh, when they try to escape. Although, that is still a very impressive feat for Snape. He managed to stay in the dark, despite the fact that he was still known to be friends with Dumbledore and be working for him. And yes, Umbridge, like I said, Umbridge is suspecting, but it's still a very, very impossible feat for Snape to have stayed undercover for so long. So, good good job, Snape. Good job, Hermione. Good job, Ron, for staying undercover, keeping under the radar, and keeping the Rebel Alliance alive, continuing the spirit of the DA and continuing Dumbledore's vision for the future. Good job. So, really, what does this mean? Well, I think the biggest difference here is Harry. Obviously, Harry was the the elected leader of the DA. He taught everyone. He knew the most spells. He was the most practiced in terms of casting magical spells that will protect, defend, do all that stuff. As we know, Expelliarmus is the number one. Um, (laughs) But the main difference here is Harry. There is no Harry, which I think is what makes this such an interesting thing. Because this is really where the true colors of the trio, well, I should say, well, it is still true, I guess, of the trio come to light. Uh, We see Ron kind of not, you know, in his his old spirit, but he's still a very, uh, very powerful person. I mean, he's not, you know, Dumbledore level, but he adds a lot to the, the alliance. But also, Hermione, I'd say Hermione, if, if, if anyone were to take over this this kind of group that they'd set up, it would be Hermione, if I had to put money on it. And she was kind of the, you know, snippy, the one who was leading it all kind of person, which I think is why it managed to, to survive for so long, because it was Hermione leading it, not Ron. And obviously Snape couldn't, because he would he would uh, be leaving, you know, his classroom. He would be spending more time in, that, in the, uh, the, the secret meeting space than in his own classroom. And as we saw, um, the, the entrance to this secret place is through his own blackboard, which is another reason for suspicion, and I think it's easy for Snape, because he is not caught, but if he went into his own classroom, and then, you know, someone else, some saw him, and then Umbridge was like, where, like, where is Snape? The person told him, she went in, and he wasn't there. That would be kind of suspicious, which actually, I think, is maybe what happened, which is why, which is part of the reason why Umbridge started to suspect him, because he was spending so much time in the you know, classroom blackboard, and he wasn't there sometimes when she th- thought it was, so I think that is one of the reasons why Snape couldn't lead it, um, but, you know, Hermione is kind of, like, full, uh, full, full-time working for the, for the rebels and really staying ahead of the game, and Snape is how they, they have their up-to-date information and how they continue to stay ahead of their their foes, which I think is a very important part. If they didn't exist, if both Hermione and Ron uh, were killed, and, I mean, maybe Snape right along with them, I think this the world would likely have done much worse. Obviously, they didn't do a whole lot because they were three people against the world, literally, but I'd say, you know, it was better than nothing for sure. Especially because they they know the ins and outs of Hogwarts, and they've done that before. They've gone behind the back of Umbridge to do you know the things that will keep their own spirits up. I think that is you know that they're practiced, but they're also very good at it. They happen to be quite skilled at sneaking around, which I think is also why they managed to to stay ahead. They could they could be they're very fluid, and their their entrance and exit points were very in, in a very good spot through the through Snape's blackboard. 
Um, because Umbridge couldn't investigate without asking Snape first and without divulging that she knew that it was Snape who was helping them, which obviously she didn't want to for a very long time because there was information, there was that whole deal. So it was a, a, a stalemate for a very long time, and Umbridge just needed to use the Dementors who were advantage and really get that that uh, you know her her rut um, unstuck, which is what she did. But that's that's kind of what what the what that whole deal means of of Ron and Hermione and Snape still working against the the Voldemort and the Death Eaters still trying to keep the flame of the DA alive. Now we are in the final scene. I I did skip over a lot, but um, I think it is important to to really finish this out strong. And I have two things that I want to talk about in this last chunk of the show. So, one is about Voldemort, and the other is about just the final scene in general. And basically how, like, a general overview of how this went is the, so we have Harry, Ron, Hermione, Scorpius, Albus, and I think... I think that's that's just that's just about it. Um, they are trying to stop Delphi, who's now back in time, from uh, stopping Voldemort from killing Harry, or well, trying to kill Harry, because that's really what you know makes him explode and uh, really gives him you know that that setback. So Delphi's trying to stop him from doing that to give him this new opportunity and stop that from happening. And what they wanted, what the trio wants to do, is transfigure Harry into Voldemort, and then uh, you know just just you know, try to dis- get get rid of Delphi anyway. Um, so that's kind of how they're, they're trying to do this. And what they do is they transfigure Harry. That is what they do to make him look like Voldemort. And that is kind of something that I was a little confused and maybe not happy with, I'll say, because it was way too rushed. It was so, like, weird and, like, like eerie and just out of the blue. But I did like how they did it. Um, so they, like, pointed their wands at Harry and they were like, I don't know, like, they, they cast their spells and then Harry just, like, fell to the ground and then he had his cloak over him and they had a space under the stage. So the actor for Harry, um, Stephen Haggard, he climbed under the stage and then the actor for Voldemort, who's the same actor for Snape, with the, he had, like, a whole, like, the whole Voldemort, you know, makeup on, the nose, the, it was all, his head was all, like, ghostly pale, and he had the robe and the wand, he crawled out, he stuck his hand out, like, dramatically, and crawled out in place of Harry, and, and he was the, the Voldemort, and that was a very, uh, very, very good scene that I thought was a, a very creatively, well, nope, not saying well done, I like that scene, that's why I'm a boom. I like that scene. But it was very strange and weird and rushed and strange and weird and rushed, you know. Um, especially because they didn't really focus on that. Um, they didn't, like, Voldemort was, <laughs> he got out of the thing, he went down the aisle, and we never saw him again. I, like, it seemed like the, like, the Dark Lord is back, and then, nope, he's not, sorry. I felt like that was too short, it was just too quick, it was like, you blink and you miss it, um, especially because it was the, like, most important part of that whole operation, and he was gone. Um, but I think they had to do that because of time, and I will say, I'm glad they did, which is, you know, feeding into my next really good point about the final scene, which was, it was 
awesome. I think they did it really, really well. So Voldemort walked off, and then they heard Delphi, and then Voldemort was like, "Yes, Delphi, you know I am your father." You know, like all, all, all that. Like, oh no, 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 it was Delphi. It was like, "I am your daughter." You know, do something with me. I don't know. So. Delphi was trying to convince Voldemort to not kill Harry, or try to kill Harry, and then Voldemort was not having it, obviously, because Voldemort's Harry. And he goes, and so they're, they're, they're in this church. Uh, everyone else is stationed in this church. The plan was lure Delphi into the church and kill her. Um, so they walk into the church, and it's, you know, Harry is kind of turning back into himself, and then, you know, they, they get in, and then Delphi's, like, suspicious of Voldemort, and then finally she makes the decision, you know, my father would never not fly or whatever it was, and then she attacks, and then the whole scene starts, and everyone jumps out from behind their, their doors, and from behind, like, the benches and the pews and all that stuff, and they are fighting Delphi, and there's fire everywhere, it's like, it was so bright and loud, and they, that's, like, where they used all, like, the little, like, fire things things on the stage, they were, like, shooting everywhere, and it was so, I could, like, almost feel the heat from where I was sitting, it was so, so, so awesome, and there was, it was so fast and quick, and there were real spells, and people were falling over, and Delphi was holding them off, she was, she was rising into the air, she was flying, and then they brought her down, and they got her, and they got her in the handcuffs, and then she was defeated, and the scene was over, they managed to get Delphi, and Voldemort went on to it to do to do the thing that needed to be done, as Delphi watched on with them, and that was a that was a really really good scene. Uh, that I thought that at the very end, when Harry saw Voldemort killing his parents again, um, you know they we hear the audio of like please you know please not not Harry not Harry take me take me instead you know that 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 whole that whole thing they had really good actors for that and then we saw you know, a flash of green light off in the distance, and Harry was crying because it was so sad, and they went back, and they went back into their regular time with Delphi and locked her away, everything was happy, and Albus didn't hate his father anymore, um, and that was that, all right, there you have it, that is just and big, that's that of the cursed child. This is all right. I, I wanted to get this episode um, out because I want to move on and finish up not only the series of download reviews, but also get to some other more exciting topics because there's some stuff that I think I want to definitely go and and talk about because this is uh, more than a month. Of, of episodes of Curse of Child and Secrets of Nimbler reviews. So I'm excited to get back to the Quiz Masters and breakdowns and regular discussions because we have some fantastic ones planned. Um, uh, but that is that is the entire episode. Again, the quill ending coming out this Wednesday. If you are not listening to it in time, do not fear because another ep- edition is right around the corner. Make sure you sign up for that. Uh, at the pod discussion on Instagram and TikTok. Email at is the pod discussion at gmail.com. That is the pod discussion at gmail.com. And that is the episode. As always, remember that happiness can be found even in the darkest of times if one only remembers to turn on the light. I will see you later. This was the Potter Discussion.